Hey everybody, it's Rob Shear, the host of Fostering Change, and I am here to give you some amazing news. You know, we have actually partnered up with Amerigroup. They're located in Georgia. Um, they actually oversee kids who are in our foster care system for their health needs. But what I love that we've done is we've partnered up with them for a special project. And that project is that we are going to make sure that every child in the state of Georgia that steps into foster care is actually going to receive a comfort case. That's exactly right. It's never been done before. Um, we are excited with our partnership with Amerigroup, and we cannot wait for you all to read more about it. Understand something. Each and every one of us can make a difference, and that's exactly what we're doing with this partnership. So stay tuned for some more great information. Please make sure you go over to YouTube, subscribe, or you can always find us on any of the podcast platforms, and that's Fostering Change. Well, you know what? It's so hard to believe that this is actually almost the end of September. You know, I was saying to my kids, you know, I felt like summer went by like that. Before you know it, they were back in school. Um, fall was coming. The air is crisp, by the way. Loving football season. My son, Tristan, for those of you who reached out, he's loving his um, freshman year at St. John's Catholic Prep, playing varsity football, and we are loving Friday Night Lights. But I will tell you what I'm really excited about is our next guest. You know, the fact is, is that I actually read about her story. Um, the first time I read about it, I think it was in People Magazine. And then I just started, you know, finding out everything I could about my next guest. I reached out to my people. I was like, listen, I have got to have her on. You know, I get really excited about all my guests, but this guest, um, I really am a little fanboy about her because I truly do believe the fact is, is we all have an opportunity to be good humans. Each and every one of us can make change and that change could happen in so many different ways. And for our next guest, she actually made the change for four amazing humans. You know, um, as a dad of five kids and my first four kids arriving within a matter of three months when they were little, I know how unbelievable it is to all of a sudden to have four kids come into your home. So without further introduction, Katrina Mullen, welcome to Fostering Change. Hello, how are you? Oh my gosh. I'm first of all, I'm so so excited to meet you. You um you are truly the definition of a good human. It's something I say. I wear shirts all the time that say it. But you know what? I want to jump right in. I want our listeners, our viewers to know because I actually saw an article about you that you're actually a nurse in the NICU unit, and that a young girl came in and gave birth to triplets. And these triplets were actually premature. And um, not only did she give birth to these triplets, but you kept in touch and actually became a foster parent and you actually fostering the mom and the three triplets. Did I get it right? That is correct. Okay. So first of all, I have to know, <laughs> did you know anything about foster care before you met this beautiful young girl? I did not. I mean, my only experience with foster care was being a nurse and discharging babies from the hospital to a foster family. That. That's the only interaction I've ever had with foster care. So, so, so take me back to the fact that, okay, so this young girl comes in. Do you mind if I ask how old she was? She was 14. 14 years old. So just to let you know, I have, I have um, two kids that, that we adopted and they're, they're, you know, mother of origin was 12 and then she was 14. So, I mean, that doesn't, you know, really 
shock me and I don't think it shocks our audience it saddens us um because of, to me it's yes. like there was a breakdown automatically um so she's living with her her parents of origin okay she's pregnant with triplets she comes yes. in she does she has yes. pre, she has a premature um delivery okay two yes. girls and a beautiful baby boy by the way the girls are beautiful too but the this cute little baby boy <laughs> and so how long were they in the NICU unit um, so they were all born at 26 weeks, approximately. So they were 14 weeks early. Um, they all weighed a little over a pound at birth. So um, the girls were in the hospital about four months. And then Samari, the little boy, he was there for about five. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that, I mean, so here you are a nurse in that unit. And so you're, you're dealing with these beautiful babies almost on a daily basis. And I do know nurses work some long hours. Yeah. Um, yes, I have over the years. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so at that same time, um, I'm, I'm assuming you're getting to know the birth mother as well. So I had some general interactions with her um, when the babies were just a couple of weeks old. I started kind of regularly taking care of them because I just felt for her. Um, and I don't know if you know this part of the story. I was a teen mom. Um, I had a child when I was 16 that I made the decision to place him up for adoption. Um, so being having been a teen scared mom myself and kind of knowing where she might be at emotionally, I just, I felt a pull to her to just be there and be an extra level of support for her. Um, so yeah, I mean, over the course of the months that they were there, she started to trust me and talk to me a little bit more than she did other people. Um, I just became that that safe place for her in the NICU, being a 14 year old with three babies um, in the NICU. Uh, and I just, I noticed that she was there a lot um, and she was often by herself. Um, I never saw anybody there with her, no support. No, and I, I just, knowing what I do and how sick these babies were for a very long time, um, how scared she must have been. And she didn't understand what was going on. So I just made it a point every time I worked to check in on her, make sure she had eaten. You know, I got her Starbucks sometimes from the hospital Starbucks because I have teenagers too. They like stuff like that. So just trying to make her feel more comfortable and that she had somebody in her corner. Wow. Wow. So, so, you know, so, you know, four months go by, the girls get released, five, fifth month goes by, the baby boy goes back. And mm -hmm. what made you decide to check in on her? So actually I was not at work the day that Samari went home. Um, and I had left her a little note in his room that with my phone number and said, just keep in touch. If you need anything, just call me. Um, and then when I returned to work, uh, she had left me a note as well. So we kind of just exchanged these little tiny, I still have the note that she left for me that just says, keep in touch and her phone number and a heart at Shariah. And Shariah. And so we started kind of just texting and FaceTiming every now and then, um, over the first few weeks that they were all three home uh, with her and she was overwhelmed. You know, she was 14. Um, how is a 14 year old equipped to deal with one child, let alone three that all have special needs because they were premature. They were needing therapy. They had multiple doctor's appointments. Samari had a feeding tube. 
you know, it was a lot for her to handle. So over time, you know, she started reaching out to me more and more and it was multiple times a day. Um, at one point she would call me day and night all the time, sometimes just overwhelmed and crying. And I would just have to talk her through it. Um, and just be supportive. But uh, after a while, I kind of just noticed like, she seems to be calling me and only me. Like, yeah. who does she have that is helping yeah. her? Yeah, if who's in that house that, you know, who's, who's is there? Exactly. So I just started to get concerned after several weeks. Like, who is there helping her if she's reaching out to me and I'm an hour away from her um, for help? Uh, so I kind of said, hey, I really would like to come see you and just check in and see the babies and see what's going on. Um, so we planned a visit and I drove an hour up to Kokomo where she lives um, at that time. And I checked in and everything seemed okay. The babies looked good. Um, I, I had had some people at work give me some things for her, like a bouncy chair and some extra bottles and things, some clothes. Um, cause everybody knew them at this time because triplets right. are not that common. Yes. <laughs> um, so people would give me stuff for her and I, so I just took kind of a load of stuff to her and everything was good. And then about a month after that, uh, I, on FaceTime, I started noticing that Samari looked skinny and he didn't look very good. He had eczema really bad and had been scratching himself and things. So I scheduled another visit, um, went up there and was very concerned at that point. And I said, you have got to get him to the doctor like today. Um, the girls looked good, but he did not. He just looked very thin and weak and was throwing up a lot and things like that. So uh, long story short, I went back home um, and she did get him to the hospital um, a couple days later. Um, and they admitted him to the hospital because wow. of his weight loss and whatnot. So at that point, I that's read when that he had, I read that he actually had failure to thrive. Failure to thrive is yeah, what they, which is exactly was, Mike. I have two of my children when they arrived in our home, both of them um, had failure to thrive as well. Yeah. So, I yeah. So, you know, that's an automatic DCS involvement exactly. if there's a failure to thrive. So, so you know what I want to ask you real quick. I'm gonna I want to ask you that because you brought it up, and I want to ask you that because you know my my thing about this, and and I am a true believer that foster care is not the answer. And I know all of you people out there are gonna send me the emails. I get them all the time about how dare I say something like that. Um, I I feel like the system failed her. I feel like the system failed her. I, agree. I feel like the system sent her home with three babies you know, um, unequipped, um, there should have been, is there, th this is a thing that I just don't understand is that, you know, you, you can go and take these beautiful, beautiful little souls and give them to a stranger, but why can't, and, and by the way, when you do that, a social worker goes every week and checks in on them. Why couldn't a social worker come every week and help her and yeah. give her that support yeah. she needed? I agree. And, and I feel like in that situation, when it's a teen mother um, that is not equipped for that, um, there should be some system in place for a nurse to do home visits on a regular basis um, a couple times a week and check in and a support 
system that she could reach out to, but it, it you are right. The system failed her in every direction. Um, and we just sent her home with babies unequipped. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we do support. that so much in the United States. It, it, yeah. you, people wonder why our foster care system continues to keep growing is because yeah. we do this exact same thing. We set people up for failure. We set parents up for failure. Hey, let me tell you, I'm not condoning the fact that she was 14 years old and that she gave birth to these babies. But the fact is she did. And the fact is, yeah. is that she made the choice that she wants to stay and be their, their mother. Right. Okay, I support her. But what I don't support is the fact that we as a society set this young girl up to fail when actually, you know, her going to the hospital all the time to sit. I mean, she could have just been like walked away and said, hey, I'm done with this. I mean, let me tell yeah. you something. I have five kids. I've seen them be 14. I understand how 14, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, and, and I, I had a great respect from her for her right off the bat because she was there. She was terrified. She was ill-equipped. She did not know what was going on, but she showed up. She was there. She was scared of her babies she had to be really pushed to do things with them because she thought that they were going to break or that she was going to do something wrong and she didn't know how to do things. So she really had to be pushed, but she showed up regardless of her fear. So I, from the beginning, um, was like, she's fierce. She's, yeah. she's a teen. She's, she's scared. She doesn't know what's going to happen, but she always shows up and tries to do her best. So um, welfare gets called. They get called, they get, it's a now, now all of a sudden they're coming knocking on the door Correct. and they, they want to take not only the babies, but they also want to take her yes. and put her into the system. Correct. So, I mean, when she took him to the hospital and she basically took him, checked him in and had to leave him there because she called me crying and said, I don't have anybody to watch the girls, so I can't stay there. So again, no one's supporting her. No one's doing anything. And it just so happened that I was on vacation that week because two of my kids had birthdays. Um, so I'd taken vacation. And by the way, hold uh, on for a second, Katrina. I want everybody to know, <laughs> how many other kids do you have at home? Before I have five boys. So five, five boys. boys at yeah, home. Two of them are adults now, but I have um, now, uh, now 16, 15, and eight-year-old boys Wow. Um, that live here and they right. play football yeah. and do all the things. So I already have a busy, busy, crazy uh, life. Um, but yeah, she she called me and she said, I, I, I want to stay there with him, but I can't. And she was sobbing. And I said, you know what? I, I'm off work. I can just watch the girls for a day or two. Um, it's no big deal. I'll just babysit for you. It's fine. So I actually went to Kokomo again and picked her and the girls up, not knowing, you know, fast forward that that was going to be the last time that they were there. Um, I took the girls, I dropped her off at the hospital so she could be there with him while they figured out all his feeding issues. Um, and then a few days later, I got a call from a social worker that said, we are taking the custody of all four of them, taking them out of the home and you have the girls with you. So we need to do a home visit and check on them and make sure that they're okay. Um, so that same day they came and I sat there talking with this social worker and she said, so Shariah wants to live with you. And I just, 
my mouth probably dropped to the floor. But for about 10, maybe 20 seconds, I said, in my mind, I'm like, I know they're not going to find anywhere to keep them together. Right. I, I know they're not because it's foster care. Foster parents are few and far between sometimes, especially I mean, everybody <laughs> wants, a, everybody wants a baby, but who wants a teen parent? Right. Who wants to keep, who wants to preserve this family, this little family so she can still be a mom. Yeah. Um, so really quickly in my mind, I went through all of those scenarios like, uh, and I said, okay, I'll do it. I, I didn't think any farther past that moment. <laughs> and so a few days later, Samari was ready to be discharged. I had papers from the state and I was not a foster parent at this right. point. So they placed them with me as kinship Okay. Um, with the, um, intent that I would do all the classes and become foster care certified, which I did. Um, so that, that day I brought them home all together. Um, and it was my youngest son's birthday. That <laughs> so I picked them up from the hospital, brought them home, quick made birthday cake for my baby who was turning six <laughs> at the time. And that here we are like, um so yeah it was just it was a long process I did all the classes and did all the background checks and everything and home visits and you know what all goes into everything oh yeah um, to get foster care certified and I was um all four of their foster moms for 668 days and throughout the process there was a, a CPR you know, termination of rights, and then she was adoptable, and then I filed to adopt her and all of that. So on uh, February 6th of this year, I became her mom. So that is so unbelievable. Yeah. It is beyond. And the, and the triplets will be three tomorrow. That is, first of all, that is so unbelievable. You know, I just, my husband and I, three weeks ago, just adopted our fifth child. And when he arrived in my home, he arrived at the age of 18. He'd been in the system, totally, you know, the system failed him. And yeah. I met him. And like you, I fell in love with him. And yeah. my family fell in love with him. And then we adopted him. Let me tell you something, Katrina. There are people that are placed on this earth that truly, <laughs> truly, truly are true angels. And you, my friend, are that Thank you. angel. And Thank I you. am telling you, listen, I know how hard it is to have kids. I know how hard it is. Listen, to all my viewers, to all of our, our, our listeners, do me a favor. You can reach out to Comfort Cases. Reach out to our sheer at comfortcases.org. I know my friend Katrina could use some gift cards from Amazon. I know those babies <laughs> that just turned three. It is a lot to raise. And it so is. how many people, how many kids now are in the house? Um, well, all of them together. So I have my three boys and then the four of them. So seven. Wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah. you are yep. sweet, my friend. And I and I do have to I do want to brag on her because throughout all of this, I've had her for two and a half years. She's now adopted, but she graduated high school in June a year early. Um, and she just started classes at Marion University on an almost full scholarship for academics um to study social work. 
Wow. You know, because so. that that is like unbelievable. I mean, here she wants to give back and to be. Yeah. Well, like, I told you everybody class right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you something. I told you everybody this this guest was gonna be one that was gonna, I mean, literally. I can't even get the smile off my face, Katrina. You at you, you know, I I I know that you have heard this thousands and thousands of times, but you truly, my friend, you truly, you know, you have you've helped build the foundation of what we all really, really want when it comes to children. Yeah. And yeah. the fact is, is that you that you adopted your daughter, you know, allowing her to stay and be the mom that she wanted to be. The fact that she has got the grit to go and go to school. But I'm going to tell you something. All of that happened, and I can tell you for a fact, all of that happened because of you loving her unconditionally. You loving yeah, her. I did, and I always will. I always will. And she wow. is fierce, and she does have the grit, and she is an amazing little mom. She's 17 now, and, you know, there's not a lot of adult humans that could deal with three crazy little toddlers um, but she does it with grace. Like she's so good at it. Um, and I really just have given her a place to put her roots, a place where she feels supported and encouraged her along the way and let her just figure out motherhood. It's mom, momming is hard. Yeah. Uh, believe me, I know. Um, yeah. so Parenting is hard. Her. I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Parenting is so, hard. And I, mean, I actually have I actually have a husband, so I know, you know, he he deals with hard. It. parenting is hard and it's it a hard, but it's so rewarding. It is. It it's is. So and I, I love it all, even the stress and the chaos and the days where I'm just like, whoo, thank goodness it's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I got teenagers and I still say that. Because I have the three teenagers and then a, a very emotionally charged eight-year-old and then three toddlers. So, you know, I have them in all areas of, of their life. Oh my so. gosh, listen up, Katrina. Like I said, you are one amazing human. Everybody, I'll tell you, these are the kind of good stories. You know, every single season, I say it's my last season for Fostering Change. I'm in my fifth season. And this is the kind of stories that I want people to hear. These are the kind of stories that you all need to understand is that we all can make a difference. But how I really would love for you to make a difference is reach out to us. You know, I want to get those gift cards to Katrina. I want to make sure that, you know, you know, those anything that she needs we're going to be here for you my friend you truly have made my day like i said i'm a fan <laughs> boy and i really you know am telling you right now um you absolutely absolutely are the type of person that makes me you know just want to continue to do what i do so thank I you i appreciate that. that um give those babies a big birthday hug from me and you know listen up everybody this has been another amazing episode. I cannot wait to hear all the response back from this. But I want you all to know something. You know, Katrina did not do this so she could get in people or on the Today Show. She did this because this is exactly why we are here. We are here on this earth to serve and to lift each other up. And as she lift this young mother up, I actually believe that 
she was rewarded. Mind you, she told you to me and she had five boys. Well, you know what? Take it from a dad who has four boys and only one girl. Having that daughter, having that daughter can truly does mean something. So Katrina, from all of us at Fostering Change, we send you so much love and we want to say thank you for being a guest. Everybody do what needs to be done and that's get out there and be good humans.